It's not easy spending a day in the city with two kids around Christmas time. Even if you have taken them to a matinee and outdoor skating. I'd had to fight with them, with Danny in particular, to get them aboard the 355 back to the suburbs in time for dinner. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 187. It is week two of 2022's Spooktober Gore Podcast crossover, and uh, we are talking about the 2017 horror anthology XX. Here to talk with me about it from the Gore Podcast, the Wicked Kitten, always getting into trouble, Monica. Hi. Hiya. Hi. The endearing and ethereal Faye. Hi, hi. And the dread you've been feeling since you turned on this podcast, Dreadly. Well, hello. So, all right, uh, Faye, you had seen this movie before, correct? Yes. Yeah, I okay. watched it when they first released it in, on Shutter, about a year or right. so ago. Okay. So you were you were familiar with it. You know everything, uh, Monica. Did you know about prior to us deciding to do this and start thinking about anthologies to do for this? Had you heard of XX or did you know much about it? Not a thing. Not a thing. Okay, uh, Dread. How about you? Nope. So I was in the same boat. I might have come across like seeing it listed in somebody's IMDb. But that would have been about it. Like, I knew nothing about it. And so when we started talking about what movies to do and anthologies came up, I saw this and I started reading about it and it intrigued me because the whole project was started to have all women writing and directing it and doing horror, which that already just an anthology of all women writers and directors, but then for it to all be horror stuff as well was even more intriguing to me. Um, so I thought this was a great one to jump onto and, and check out. And I love a good horror anthology anyway. I think that horror short stories work really well. I know we talked about this probably last year, but Monica, what do you think of like anthologies and short stories in horror? Does it work for you? Do you not really care for them a whole lot? Um, it usually goes by the rule of uh, there's always one that you really like and probably one you don't and one that's kind of whatever. It, you know... It's an interesting way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I enjoy like Tales from the Crypt and things like that. So like, I've, I've got my favorite anthologies, and you know, so yeah. I mean, I like them. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But yeah. There's always one I don't like in the you know. There's always one story you just don't like. <laughs> this is just the least. one that you just don't connect to. Fair enough. Dreadly, how about you? Are you are you a fan of the anthologies and the short stories, or do you prefer just more mostly feature length when it comes to your horror movies? Um, I like both. Uh, but when it comes to anthologies, I do appreciate the uh if you're doing them well, what goes in with that? Because you have a movie, you can you know take your time, you have an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Anthologies, you have like 20 minutes. If you're lucky with your segment to tell your story and bring it in, bring it on home, as you say. Uh, so I do appreciate them. Yeah. 
Okay. Faye, how about you? Are you uh, an anthology fan, a short story fan in general? Yeah. I mean, some stories work well as short stories and some work as longer full featured films. It's just finding what which one works as what and doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of the same. I, I think that when it comes to shorts, though, I feel like horror works better than a lot of other genres. Like you're not going to have a lot of mm-hmm. action themed shorts, oh. right? Because typically an action movie needs to have the build up to the set piece and the set piece is going to be long enough to be a short film on its own. Um, but I feel like like horror for some reason just works with that. It reminds me of like old Twilight Zone episodes mm-hmm. and those yeah. those shorts and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Sci-fi horror can do a pretty good job of it too. I was just going to say horror and sci-fi both contribute to good short stories. Mm-hmm. Because you can just take an idea and run with that and tell you don't have to have the beginning, middle and end and like a resolution and everything wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. You can have just here's an idea of something. Let's flesh that out enough to tell this quick story, but then leave. You don't need the context. You don't need any of that. And it kind of works. And like horror, horror shorts, I feel like can do that because they can almost sometimes be more unsettling and more scary because you don't have to resolve anything. You don't have to necessarily have the the final girl that beats the slasher you can just have this like one segment of that whole idea in there um so i kind of like that Faye, what did you think of this anthology there was good and bad i mean i for me i like the opening and the closing the two middle ones were either meh or what is this um (laughs) Take your guess on which one's which. Uh, but I like the, the two bookends. The two bookends okay. were really good. Which, you know, typically are going to be your strongest stories you're going to do that with. You want to open you strong, you want to close <laughs> strong, and you throw the quote-unquote lesser stories in the middle. Wh- whether that is true or not, it's typically what I find with a lot of anthologies. Dredd, what did you think of this collection of stories overall as an anthology? We'll, we'll dive into each one individually afterwards, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like to end, as in the credit. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, I no, 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 no. Didn't do anything for you. Nothing whatsoever, actually. That, that's okay. the sad part. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Monica, what about you? Just as an overall collection of stories. Um. Uh... I <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> it's it's just it's hard to uh, I will agree that the first and the last story are the strongest mm-hmm. um, but this it there was a lot to be desired from most of the stories unfortunately so one thing that's different here is there is no connective tissue between any of it like a lot of times in your anthology, like Trick or Treat is a horror anthology you've covered on this show and I've talked about quite a bit. And that all centers around the Halloween holiday and it's all kind of in the same town. And so there's stories going on at the same time and that holds them together. Um, we've talked about like Creep Show and Creep Show 2 in the past and how those, while not, not connected stories, they were all sort of born out of this Creep Show comic and they, so they, they sort of have that, or you usually have like a narrator, maybe like the the book yeah. ending stuff. This didn't have that. This was just like literally, here's some some stories, enjoy them. 
or or not in your case that's fine yeah. the you only link i found was in between <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the only link i found was chicken pox that, that was in two stories they mentioned them that that's all it's it's the chicken pox uh, anthology i liked this overall um it's not the strongest anthology I've seen. I've seen better collections of horror stories, but I overall enjoyed it because I would say three of the four were good little horror stories. One stands out as not a horror story, but I have some background as to why that may be mm-hmm. uh, when we'll get to. But also I feel like the first and last stories being the strongest ones, and they had interesting premise to each of them um so overall i enjoyed it uh and i'm glad that i got to watch it and i like i like this idea of let's you know really promote the female filmmakers the women in film that don't get enough uh promotion antonia bird was somebody who early on when this project was being um kicked around was going to be involved this goes back as far as 2012 i think and Antonio Bird, Antonia Bird had directed uh, a movie I love called Ravenous with Guy Pierce uh, from 1999. And uh, sadly, she passed away in 2013 and couldn't be a part of this project. Um, but that's how far back it went. It took a while to get it going. But I just like this idea because I don't feel like there's enough women in those positions, in writing and directing especially. We're getting more. We're seeing people like Olivia Wilde um, get to direct a lot more and... Um, and whatnot, but I just feel like there needs to be because you're going to get different perspectives on stories instead mm-hmm. of just it being men writing and directing everything all the time, which it has been for decades. So I like that quite a bit. Um, but let's go. Let's go story by story. Uh, we'll start with um, the first story in it called "The Box," uh, which is the only one of the four that was not an original story written just for this. It was adapted from a short story. Um. But uh, that one was uh, written for the screen and directed by Jovanka Vukovic. And this was, I would say, this was my favorite of the four um, shorts. It felt the most like, it gave me the most of that old Twilight Zone type feel. Um, and, uh, And I'm curious, Monica, what did you think of the box opening, especially as the opening, the first thing you're going to get when you're watching this? Um, you know, in the beginning, I really liked the feeling like at first when I heard the box, I was immediately thinking, oh, is this like the the story that I've seen a thousand times from like, uh, there's like a movie about it. And there's like an old, I don't remember if it's a Twilight Zone, you know, the one with the button in the box, different story. But yeah. like, at first I was like, oh, are they redoing this one? Um, I thought the same no, thing. It's something different. Uh, and it was, you know, it's, it's got some creepy stuff to it it's it's got a little you know it was definitely interesting um yeah it was i think the the biggest problem i had with it was probably the ending but um it it went a little beyond what the ending should have been well okay so what Faye? what do you think the ending should have been where do you, um, where would you have ended it when they're eating her, it should have ended. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I would have made it better. <laughs> I would have loved that part. So ended at the dream sequence. Yeah. 
Okay. And not have it be a dream sequence. I, I can see that, but to me, that's not as unsettling as what we got. My, my biggest issue with it wasn't so much how it ended. It's the fact that the timeline doesn't work. There's too much time that elapses while they're not eating anything for them to still be alive. The kid, the kid starts not eating weeks before Christmas, like Mm -hmm. a week or two weeks before Christmas. I think it is maybe even three, but he doesn't pass away until sometime in late January. And your body's not going to last that long, especially he would have been in the hospital far before Christmas time. Uh, If they're having to carry him through the house by Christmas morning, because he can't walk on his own, they would have had him in a hospital with like a feeding tube or IVs by that point. Um, so that was my only real major issue was that timing just felt, it felt like there was too much time that elapsed before they finally succumbed to not eating anything. But dread as, as a short, what did you think of the box? Cause it sounds like you, I mean, oh. it sounds like you didn't like any of them very much, but First of all, uh, the timing issue is such a weird thing because it's a complete choice of them to to use those days, Christmas, mm-hmm. and then say they they died. Then you right. could have just and made it like three weeks in between because I think it's like three weeks you can go without food or something. It's roughly that, yeah. I'm not a doctor, uh, so they could have just fixed that like that. It's like a non-issue that they just made. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm I'm agreeing with Monica in the sense that it started out well. Like the whole creepy dude. He has a box. Yeah, okay, the kids are the kids are creepy. Like the way they, they... make the one kid like uh mm-hmm. get skinnier and, and less healthy. Uh that looked good. And then the fact that it spreads by just saying something to, to the, the sister, to the, the husband. Yeah. The dream sequence was cool. Uh, but then uh, they, they left me hungry for more. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Because uh, I mean, the ending was just, if you do a story like that, I expect to know not everything. You don't have to explain everything. Like you said, short stories, they work that way. You have a segment in a story in a way but if you're showing me a creepy dude weird dude box something being whispered i would like to know something in the end like one of the things should be what's in the box well and and they answered nothing yeah yeah and and that's to my point of like it feeling like an old twilight zone type of story and that a lot of those didn't tell you anything and they would leave you with these weird out of context cliffhangers and that's what this felt like to me and that's why for me this was really unsettling because you never learn what's in what the kids saw what the all you see is the box open up and the kids saw it and immediately his face drops by the way those kids both of them phenomenal mm-hmm. Great they, they did a an incredible job they they way out acted the mom in my opinion she was <laughs> fine but the kids acted circles around her but you don't see, you don't get any context of what it was. It just caused him to stop eating. And all he had to do was tell his sister and his dad something. And it was enough to stop them from eating. Now, the the dream sequence is obviously the, the gory section of it uh, is really well done. Um, I thought that looked really good. Um, but to have her... 
so the, the mom is having that dream sequence and then she wakes up and she still doesn't get any any resolution or any kind of context as to what's going on. So it ends with her just trying to figure she's lost her entire family. She has no idea why and she can't find this guy either. So it's this downer of an ending. I liked I personally liked that because it didn't give us anything and it makes your it now now your brain starts turning and trying to fill in the blanks and trying to create your own story and it's making me ask questions like well, what did the kids see? Why did it make him not want to eat food? But outside of that, he's perfectly fine. There's nothing else wrong with him. The only other thing I might have done is instead of like you have the the dream sequence, which is followed up by the Christmas morning where everybody's fine again. Mm-hmm. And then well, maybe other than him being sickly. Other than him being, yeah, super emaciated, but like they're all happy and have her get confused as to what, you know, what happened and then end it there. So we don't see them pass away in the hospital. We don't see, we don't get her ending monologue of like, I was looking for the guy and I couldn't find him. We just get this, everyone's sort of happy, but then she's very confused as to what's happening, what, what went on and that's it. It ends. And we don't know. That's maybe where I would have stopped it, but you know, I think, one of the cool things about stories like these is they can hit different people different ways. For me, it was all that lack of context made it super creepy. Mm-hmm. I, can I feel see like that. the Twilight Zone would have given you a little twist in the end. With, yeah. She would find a dude and he would be like, ha ha, and something. Or, exactly. Just like, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the box for anybody, but it's like, like that, like that left me with a, with a twist that was like, oh shit. Like that, there was just something. I don't know. I don't know. But I get what you're saying. It definitely did. You know. It. It did leave you with those questions. So I can see how that. Uh, One positive point. I have something positive to say about the story. (laughs) Uh, The food looked absolutely delicious. Yes. Yes. They so every evening. That. That segment, the box as a segment looked the probably the best of the four of them in terms of the way it was shot and the way it was lit. But the they did such a good job making the food look appetizing. And then the sound when they were eating was very prominent without it being like that kind of uh, overdone, almost grotesque sound of people eating. But you could tell... Like the daughter was just all into eating and she was and and she was mm-hmm. hungry and like just the way they mixed the sound I loved too. Like that was a little thing that that I thought was really, really cool. Um so yeah, I I, I personally think that's the best of the four. Um we'll we'll kinda we can go over giving some sort of a ranking to the four of them depending later on. But uh the box um for me was a very strong opening to this. Um At that point, Monica, when that one ended, did you feel like, okay, this was a pretty strong opening or were you sort of like, "Eh, I'm not sure how much, how, how, if this is going to get better or not? Uh, I felt slightly disappointed. So I was waiting to see what came next. (laughs) Um, I also, oh, uh, I forgot to mention the the kid moving the fork over the plate drove me nuts. Though. Oh, that was yes. annoying. <laughs> also, yes. when he kept saying, uh, no thank you, or what was it that he said? Like, uh, yeah, yeah no thank you, and I'm hungry. <sighs> the, the way he said the no thank you, it's like, oh. 
Well, that that uh, yeah, and the night where they have where they're having pizza, and the dad finally snaps and like slams the table and is trying to get the kid to eat. Look, I've been there as a uh, a parent um, when I when I was helping raise Michael, and that kid would not want to eat, and it's frustrating. So like, I maybe that's part of it is I connected to that moment super hard where he slams on the table because he's just he's he's lost he's at his wits end of trying to get this kid to eat and the kid just keeps saying no thanks and then immediately the reaction from the parent of like oh i've fucked up like and putting his hand over his mouth and the kid starts to cry it's it's rough so like that was i think another thing too is like i i had a connection to that that character of like you could see how he was scared that's why he was yelling yes see it in his face He's just mm-hmm. so scared and worried for his son that he just couldn't, he couldn't keep, yeah. I mean, like, I get that. It's, it was scary. It was, like, it was and, and it gave us an unsettling start. And then that takes us into segment two, uh, which was the birthday party. So, Dred, what did you think of the birthday party <laughs> overall? I don't know. There was a cat in it. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, there was a kid dressed as a toilet for some reason. Uh, like, did you lose a bet or something, kid? Like, uh, overall, there were a couple of it's... the costumes that were confusing to me: the toilet, and then I think yeah. there was like a shrimp. I think it something. was a shrimp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... maybe that kid is a big fan of Amityville. It's about time. Oh, that could be. <laughs> that could be. There you go. That's it. That explains everything. Um, um, I think it was the premise was fun, and then there were a couple of fun uh, moments, like when she falls mm. out of the closet. <laughs> I laughed at that, and then when people kept interrupting. <laughs> but overall, it was also a story that just ended. Yeah. Yeah. And it made you ask too many uh, questions. Just... Mm-hmm. So, so Monica, you you also probably weren't a big fan of this one. And I love I love Melanie Lin- Linsky. Oh, she was cute. Yeah, she's she's great and she's funny and I love her. So I already wanted to go into this liking it. And there was a cat right in the beginning, and I just <laughs> I just didn't. And I. <laughs> It was just like, I kept going like, why? Like, who is this? Why are they doing that? Why does she have to yeah. hide it? What's wrong with the kid? What's going on? Is there something wrong? You know, like, like there were so many questions and I'm like, oh, I bet this is going to happen. And then I was like, it didn't happen. I'm just like, oh, well, then maybe this is, you, you know what they're going to do? They're going to do. I, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I, and I then the, the, the end thing came like the end text. They're not credits. I guess they're not like the text. And I'm like. Oh, they're going for the fun uh, comedy ending kind of thing that completely missed the mark to me. That's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Faye, Faye, what were your thoughts on the birthday party? It tried to do a weekend at Bernie's, just more surreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not wrong there. So that one was written and directed, or um, directed by Saint Vincent. Uh, who was credited as Annie Clark in this. Uh, she is a um, musician and uh, is more known for music than she is for filmmaking. Um, but she self-described as not a horror fan. And so 
making a horror short was not in her thing. So she tried to go more of the black comedy route. Um, and I'm with you all in that it sort of didn't quite hit the mark for me. Like I get partway through, I figured out, okay, this is, this is not like a straight horror thing, but it was all the questions, right? Like, well, okay. Why, why, why did he like, how did he die? What happened? Did he take too many pills? Is that the idea? Did he just have a massive heart attack sitting in his chair? She didn't even know he was home. Um, why didn't she tell anybody right away? Like, why the tension between her and I guess the maid? The assistant? Or... Why was the assistant weird? Why was the assistant weird? Sorry. Yeah, she, at the, the beginning, she feels like an android. I agree. She's got like, <laughs> I, that weird hair that looks like, you know, like the fake... I don't yeah. know. Plastic. And so did the dude that came to the door in the costume. He had hair like that. Yes. Um, it was very, and I was like, okay, we're going to find out these are aliens or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> something like what, what's going on? What we're going to find out like she's being uh, held prisoner by this uh, assistant. No. Oh, I, I made yeah, all it these was... in my head, which are all honestly more interesting than what we got. Um, it, because yeah, it just has this weird feel like there's weird tension between the two of them that I don't understand why, and it's never explored. Um, and then why is she hiding the fact that he's dead? Why doesn't she call the police or call to someone protect or the daughter, anyone know? To protect the daughter, to or protect her birthday, to produce, to perceive a better image of her in the suburban. I mean, that's the only thing I could come up with. Sure, yeah. Why didn't she leave him in the closet then? She could have just yeah. left the body in the closet and walked yeah. away. Instead also, of paying a thousand dollars for the panda costume to then have him sit in the middle of the birthday party yeah. so that he and would no get asked, discovered. Why is there a guy in a panda suit not moving whatsoever? He moved a little bit at the end. Yeah. <laughs> why is the why is the guy that's in the panda suit that raps not rapping and moving around? And he's just sitting, staring at her. Uh yeah, it was I didn't. I didn't get that one at all. Um, the cat thing, by the this. way. I'm sorry, but the cat thing was like, okay, that's the the creepiest thing in here because it's just a taxidermied cat that they just like at one point turn to face in a different direction yeah. and then pet pet the taxidermied cat and then that's never mentioned again. Um. <laughs> Apparently, it was somebody's cat. Uh, taxidermied uh, cat. Danny Elfman, I think, is what yes. I read. Yes. I was just Which, like, what? That's the coolest like, thing in here. It's it's okay. amazing, but also it's weird to yeah. just have like these people have a taxidermied cat in their house for reasons. Um, okay, sure. Maybe it was a cat that they loved. It's suburban. Who, who yeah. Knows? <laughs> yeah, that was the other part of it too. Is like the the you can tell obviously there are they're kind of upper middle class, upper class, um, rich people of some sort or whatever and there's a lot of status stuff that happens in that uh, neighborhood because the neighbor that came over that invited herself to this person's daughter's birthday party because she felt left out mm -hmm. <laughs> was that was annoying um yeah she it was just a never weird... changed by the way she no 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 she Wait. stayed in her nightgown and, and bathrobe for the whole the whole thing um i didn't try to hide him just didn't change didn't comb her hair <laughs> And you're right. I love I love her. She's she is great in everything that I see her in. Uh, and she was she was fine because um, she wasn't acting like an android. Uh, so 
it was just it was just weird. It was very odd, and it had it had a music video feel to it, especially the yeah. the last half of it where everything's in slow mo and it's just the music, and so it sort of fits then that it was Saint Vincent that did that and is sort of a music video director. Uh, more so than like a film director, like a narrative story thing. Because it did have that odd kind of feel to it, almost like the visuals were thought of, of like people coming in in slow motion and the costumes. Because I'm sorry, I, that was the first thing I noticed. Like, why is that kid wearing a toilet as a Halloween costume? I've seen some odd Halloween costumes, but that one has got to be the weirdest one I've ever seen. Also, it was a birthday party. Yeah, but it's I mean, the daughter the was wearing a costume. costumes. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm not coming as weird... a toilet. I yeah, probably well... knew the, uh, the story he was in and came dressed accordingly. <laughs> and for some reason, there was a moment where the daughter has an accident and pees in her costume. So then they have to give her a different costume. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, I... understand the point of that other than just And the have... weird thing. The... Something to interrupt the mom trying to hide the body. Yeah, I, I kept thinking that there's something with the daughter because we never see her except her face, eyes, you know. And then when she gets mm. in the ghost costume, she does like a weird thing at one point. I'm like, oh, something's going on with the daughter. Or... No, she scares the mom. Yeah, like, and, and I'm like, those, okay, those those sheets too. They were a little over shiny. Were they vinyl? Yeah, they were like Was, uh, yeah, <laughs> protected. The shower curtain, I guess, right? Oh, you know what? They probably were the like those uh, oh, waterproof the sheets for kids that wet the bed. So <laughs> now they're now they're ruined because she had to cut holes in them, <laughs> which would explain why they looked like they were made out of vinyl. Um, yeah, birthday party was just kind of an oddball, uh, and it it doesn't because it's not really like it's not a horror story either, like. There wasn't it. It's it's much more of a comedy, and so because of that, it doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of these, um, at all to me. So, like, if I were going to cut one of them, that would be the one I would have cut. But then this thing would have only been eighty minutes long, or not even eighty minutes. You know long, what they? Like you know what they could have done that like could have made it better if it was just the thing around all the stories. Like, if they somehow cut it where it was like one scene where she finds the body. And, they made it like a smaller thing. That might have worked because then we're Use like, it as the between, yeah, exactly. In, in between these scary stories, there's this funny thing of this woman trying to do a thing. You oh, know? I'd like that. That could have worked. That mm-hmm. that makes it because now it it doesn't have to fit the same tone. You can have the the some of that levity, and it doesn't have to make sense. Um, well, and you don't have to have those sense. answers. There you go. That's good. I like make that a movie. <laughs> Well, and then our third story is Don't Fall. Um, so I'm going to start uh, with Dread on this one. What do you think of Don't Fall? Uh, spoiler, uh, someone fell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to say overall this was probably the better one in the sense that it was actual horror. It was a monster. There was some gore, some, you know, a good scene. From a movie. But once again, they left out much. Like, if you're doing a short story, I know you don't have to, you know, kind of start in the middle of a thing and you don't have to end. But you need to introduce your characters and the situation so you immediately know what's going on. 
because mm-hmm. you don't have much time to get the audience in. You need to. <laughs> Took me like over halfway the thing uh, before the one dude said, "Oh, that's my sister." Oh, yeah. no, that's your sister. Cool. <laughs> I don't. Why are you all there? I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit. Mm, the 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 effects look good though. The monster design. Uh that looked nice. Mm-hmm. All right. The possession. The creepy movements. Yeah. Faye, yeah. Faye, what do you think like of that. Don't Fall? I thought this one was actually the weakest. Okay. I had no care about anybody that was there. Oh yeah. no. Okay. No, they no, got, not at all. They, oh. They 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 went someplace they shouldn't have. Oh, one got possessed and is now killing them all. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Monica, how about I mean, you? What was the they what... did a bad job of trying to make us care about the, the characters <laughs> in this. And I know it's a short story, I get it, but I've seen mm-hmm. enough anthologies to, to know that it can be done. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, we watched Creep Show like what, two seasons ago and they had a birthday party. Well, th- I guess this isn't the birthday party, but you have my point. There was that birthday one. Like, I knew who everyone's sister was, what happened in the past. Like, it was, I loved some of those characters and I hated other ones. Like, mm-hmm. I knew. And this was like, I I didn't know them and I didn't care. And I didn't know what the thing was. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that Scorpion thing is necessarily true. So just stay away from Scorpions. Don't listen to movies. Um, well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the creature design was kind of cool, and I don't know. I think maybe you could take that and and do more with that somewhere. Re- yeah, yeah. Well, I'll- see, for me, like I'm watching this one, and what this felt like to me was redo it, tighten up the the script of this part of it a little bit better, because, like Dread said, you don't get it takes too the pacing of it is poor. Like it's a it's only twenty twenty five minutes long, but it's poorly paced. Um, but this felt like the the soft opener, the opening part of a longer horror movie about whatever this creature is. And this yeah. was the group of kids that gets killed by it initially, and then we meet our actual cast of characters yeah. who are who are dealing with whatever this thing is. Um, this is all the stuff that this is the the fifteen minutes before the opening credits. Yep, of the, the movie. prologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I do like conceptually it's kind of a cool idea of just this whatever this thing is we don't know anything about it i in fact the first time watching it um because i watched it twice today and the first time watching it i didn't realize that she cut her hand when she like backed away from the wall and that was what caused her to to have the scrape on her hand because she's leaning well, she's leaning yeah. against the wall, and her friend comes over and then starts staring at the the pictograph behind her, right? The oh, yeah, the, right. Okay. and she moves away from it, and then while she's away from it, there she like slips and scrapes her hand on the ground, and that's what caused the the whole thing to happen because that's when later on she's like, "Hey, does this look infected?" And she goes into the cabin, and then when she wakes up outside and her hand is starting to turn, that's when I realized, oh, she scraped her hand. And then I was like trying to remember when it happened. Did it happen like on the rock when her friend scared her there or what? So it was, it, it needed. It's just a bad thing to have. Like it, it's a short story. So you shouldn't have to think back. When did I see this again? Exactly. That's not what 
if this is a two-hour movie, okay, at the end you might be, oh wait, yeah, in the beginning there was that, but like a short story? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that, that could have been done better. I think that from a concept standpoint, I like this one a lot. Uh, the execution wasn't great. Now this was uh, written and directed by, um, what was her name? Uh, Roxanne Benjamin. Uh, she has done a lot of shorts. She did a segment of, uh, in a anthology called Southbound. She did this. She was a producer on the original VHS. Um, she directed a couple episodes of Creep Show, um, that we've uh, Skin Crawlers episode, oh, and I also the Companion. Uh, she did uh, an episode of Riverdale, an episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So like she's done a lot of this form of stuff, but this was early. This was only her second thing after Southbound. So I feel like she probably just just didn't have the experience yet of kind of pacing a short to to get that down. Because I agree with Dread. Yeah, I shouldn't be wondering, wait, did, when did that happen? In a short. Like that should have been much more prominent. And also the Scorpion thing. I get what they're going for. It's some banter to set up whatever. It's just poorly executed, in my opinion. That didn't, that could have been done better. Faye, you looked like you were going to say something. No. Hmm. No, I was just agreeing and going, oh, okay, she's, she's done work. Um, Yeah. No, I will agree. (laughs) The, uh, the, the creature effect, the, the makeup work in that segment was pretty good because the, and the lighting of it, they did a good job of like, they added what they added for the uh, for the prosthetics and everything, and then to light her from above so it gives her face this weird shadowed look was really good. Um, and the use of like odd camera angles and flipping the camera upside down, her starting to crawl down the sheer rock face, I was like, oh, that I don't like. No, no, thank you. We don't need to. I don't. I don't need to be that girl with the broken leg, the the bone sticking out of her leg. By the way, that always gets me. Can I say that she deserved it for scaring her friend who was well, afraid sure, of, of course she did because I am also afraid of fights and uh, F that friend. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm Note not going to disagree with that. <laughs> Note yourself. Don't scare Monica by pushing down. The, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that, but at the same time, anytime somebody has the broken bone with the bone oh. sticking out of the skin in a movie, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, don't want to see that. And then it's for her looking up and it's the upside down camera angle of the monster friend of hers that's crawling down. I'm like, ugh. So that that worked for me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, it it was I felt like this one was good, not great. And it sort of it being in the middle made sense because it definitely wasn't one of the strongest stories. Um, it had the tropey, you know, dickhead character, uh, discount Bradley Cooper um, looking guy with like kind of white guy dreads. Oh God. Mm. I don't even want to think about that. I am trying to figure out why though, the Gretchen character, the blonde, um, why she had the name Travis woven into her sweater. It was for you. Cause I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was like in blue you, on her white sweater. It had you. Travis woven in there. So I that, don't know. That was weird. Um, <laughs> that also had the most jump scares of any of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, a short story, you don't need the context, right? We have no idea what this thing is, where it came from, how did it possess her to get her out of the trailer or did it? Because we're seeing like from a, a perspective of this creature, 
looking inside the trailer, but then she just wakes up outside of it in the, in the desert. And that was, I'm like, okay, how did, how did that all go down? Cause it just cut away. But you know, again, um, it, it worked okay, but it was not one of the, it, w- it was definitely not uh, the strongest of the four. Um, although I'd liked it better than birthday party. So that's me. Uh, and finally, our fourth segment. So there's four four stories in this one. Is her only living son, Faye? What did you think of her only living son? Best one of the batch. Okay. I mean, it's it's a continuation, basically, of Rosemary's Baby. I was wondering who was going to notice that. So <laughs> that that was a, a really surprise once, you. <laughs> once I re, once I realized that. Because at first I was kind of confused, but once I realized that, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is even better." So you like this one? Yep. Also, good, uh, good one to end on. Like a strong mm-hmm. story to end on. Monica, what do you think of her only living son? Um, it was um. Well, I'm gonna start with saying that the kid was probably like, I don't know. I really liked him as like the well, whatever the hell he was the teenager slash you know rosemary's baby or whatnot um the i don't know it was it was a decent story uh i had some trouble with the ending once again but uh (laughs) but there's a lot of like creepy people being i've never seen rosemary's baby i know what happens in it basically Mm -hmm. but i've never seen you need to watch it (laughs) <laughs> Only there was a podcast for that. Yeah, I know. Um, so I'm not gonna like. It definitely had better, you know, structure and pacing and acting and and stuff than the other ones. So I'm not gonna say anything bad about it. But I don't know. The ending was. Meh. And at this Red point, Hubble. I had okay. been like, "Ooh, this seems good." That's not uh, what's in who. <sighs> Like You'd slowly been, climbing down. You've been let down show. three times already. By the, yeah, by the time I get to the to the last one, I I was out of energy. I just didn't. I don't know. And I I was sitting there like I had didn't know what questions to ask, and I just sat there and I was like, "It's called her only living son. So does she have a dead son?" Which is I, the stupidest. I, question. <laughs> but I will I will admit that it's an odd title. Uh, for this yeah. if she only has one son and like that's not brought like that's not a thing because she mentions two names at the beginning when she's talking to the doctor but then she only has one son whenever like 18 years later but I remember I, I seem to remember her mentioning two names when she was talking to the doctor hmm. so I don't know but uh, hmm. Dread, what did you think of her only living son just just on its own well, it had potential. Um, I agree with Monica that uh, the actor that played the kid, he did a good job. He needs to cut his toenails. Uh, but his you know, talons. We've all been teenagers. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I want some privacy for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, that happens, right? Um yeah, I liked it. Uh, I expected to to see Daddy do his thing, but then suddenly they're embracing each other. She's just telling us a story that we really don't care about. Let's be honest. We, we've already figured it out. 
or we don't care. Like, yeah, so she's just like telling him, why would he care? Why would it have to have any impact on him at that point in time? No. And then they suddenly start bleeding and they then, yeah, and it ends. So <laughs> that's the yeah. thing again, like, why? Well, endings are hard. Um, there's a I reason know. why Monty Python's Flying Circus had continually used the and now for something completely different because they would just not have an ending to a sketch and just be like, well, we'll just stop here and move on. Um, endings are tough to do. What I liked about this was obviously when I figured out it's it's like a continuation of Rosemary's Baby and it's sort of what happened 18 years after that. Um, I had some very interesting questions early on. I'm like, is this kid a vampire? Is he a werewolf? What we, what's, what's going on here? Obviously, he's not just a, a kid turning 18, but it took a little while for that to get unraveled. Um, the, the, the way that other people were reacting to him without him being around was interesting to me because the first, like when, when she comes out of the house and is getting ready to leave and the mailman rides up on his bike, um, that first time he just seems like a nice guy and like a, like a, you know, he, he asked her on a date and I love the, like, well, you know, I got to try at least once a year, but he's sort of, it's sort of like the, you know, there, there's no like pressure behind that. He's just like, eh, I, w I couldn't live with myself if I didn't at least ask you once a year. Um, and she doesn't have a problem with that and he seemed okay. But when he just showed up in her backyard while she's hanging clothes up to dry, I'm like, oh, something's not right with this dude. Like immediately I'm getting the, this isn't right. And then I start to realize, oh, the way the principal and the teacher were reacting to the story of him tearing off another student's fingernails. I'm like, uh, what the I knew you would hell? love the fingernail part. Yeah, you like that? Ah. <sighs> not, yeah, that finger sure looked uh, very creepy, by the way. The, the Boy, man. yeah. Uh -huh. Well, and uh -huh. you know and, what I'm thinking. Did you but, see what like, I named? By the way, the the last episode of Gore. Did you Did you see what I named it for you? Yes, I did. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but that was the thing: is the way that the teacher and the principal looked, and they were acting, and then when the mailman shows up, and I'm like, "Oh, something's not right here," and then he starts to give that same vibe, and I'm like, "Okay, so what in yeah. the world is?" And that's when I start piecing it together. I'm like, "Okay, so, so he's it's the devil's kid." Yeah. It's Satan's it's, child, whatever. Like the, the moment they were in school, I was like, well, you're a cult or something, right? Yeah, that's going to go that way. It, very, it felt very omen, very Damien. Yeah. Um, he does need to get that nail fungus looked at, though, because that's not going to get better. I, I promise you, kid. Uh, no no amount of going at it with a pair of shears, uh, gardening shears, yeah. is going to help. Like if metal you need kid. shears to cut your toenails, it's... Yeah, yeah. He's issues. using like tin snips. You know, sometimes you when you use your feet a lot, your finger, your toenails get real thick, and it just it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but the thing that for me, while the execution of the ending was was very low budget, right, where it's like literally just projecting an image onto them, uh, of their own face, which was odd, um, because it was like her face projected on top of her face and it just was it was a strange it was obviously they just didn't have a lot of budget to do much there but from a storytelling point of view i found it interesting because this kid's turning 18 he's fight he he has spent his entire life on the run 
with his mom, uh, we get the impression they've been moving from town to town. She's trying to keep him away from his dad, who she under she, f- I think, had figured out what happened when he was conceived, which is why she ran. But she's telling him a different story. But the kid's trying to kind of fight the urges that he has. And it's his mom that's keeping him grounded in that way. And so he is now at that point where he's got a choice because he he also has this desire to know who his dad is, right, and to know where he came from. But now his mom is starting to tell him the story. That was her way of, like, bringing him back and not giving him the choice of not having to fall to who his father is and uh, and him making that choice, and that's why they both started bleeding. What a, now, it, it, the execution of it's kind of odd because it, you're right. They're just, like, standing there embracing, and there's noise, but we don't see anything. We saw that one flash of, like, movement, like there was something yeah. in the house, but we don't ever see what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe with more budget, they could have, like, fleshed that out and shown that that climax uh climactic scene better but it was it was her basically telling him you don't have to be this what these the these urges or these feelings that you have inside you that are making you treat people this way or like tear off your uh your your friend's fingernails because that's a little weird um but it's like he's trying to fight it he doesn't want to necessarily succumb to that. And she is giving him, she is trying to be his lightning rod. But it ends up I being f- that, well, if his choice is to do that, then they both die. I feel like they, they needed more time for that because I didn't get the feeling that he was fighting anything. The way he's doing it is like, well, I'm going with that now. See ya. It's like, well, they that's- needed more time to, to have more scenes where he's like rebelling, let's say, you know? I mean, you're not. I, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that that's not accurate because it certainly is. Like we, it, this is one that could have used more time to tell its story. Almost like if they had done three, three thirty-minute segments and yeah. cut the birthday one party one. That gives this another what eight to ten minutes. That's a lot of screen time to tell a lot of story uh, for this particular one to give us more because that was the feeling that I was getting during that ending scene. But I can see where like okay, you don't really have enough of the kid interacting with anybody other than his mother uh, to know. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Poor squirrel. I was... This this, this was the story that actually had something to say that was in the other stories as well, but in this one, it was more obvious to me. Like, they didn't have enough time, but then they waste time on certain stuff, like... When he they're in the garden and the mailman's there, and then they just mm-hmm. take a shot with zooming in on the sheets and the clothes with the music rising. Yeah, all for nothing. There's nothing there. There's no reason for that shot to be there except mm-hmm. to waste time. And they did that in other stories as well. It's like, eh. yeah, yeah. Now I will say that this for me was the the second strongest of the four. Um, I did like the box a little bit better um, than than her only living son. Uh, not just because the title "Her Only Living Son" doesn't make sense. In that, they say his only living son, um, 
at one point. They never yeah. explicitly say, you know, the devil or Satan or Lucifer or any of that, but they, they make the allusions to it. Ah. Um, but uh, I, I did... I did like this as a, and, and I think that it was a strong one to close it on versus the other two that they could have chosen. So I'm, I'm with that. Um, but yeah, it, this one failed in execution more for me at the end. Up to that point, though, the first like two thirds to three quarters of this, where it's just, it's her dealing with stuff and her, the, the, her performance was great uh, as the mom and like, Hand, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, there's a lot of people hiding in closets in these stories, I noticed. <laughs> like, she yep. hid in the closet, and the kid obviously knew she was in there, but then just leaves anyway. Um, I don't know. But it the was, closets it was women have to hide in, in life. <sighs> yeah, something. Maybe maybe that is what, that, uh, what that's all about. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, I just got this feeling like basically if he couldn't have the boy, then nobody does. And he kills the boy and his mom uh, by just making them bleed on the floor. And everyone yeah. moves on. We end the story right there. I felt like he could have just killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you you thought that like he crushed her and she crushed him. It's possible, yeah. I, I, I could see that. I, for me, it felt like it was whoever, whatever presence was in the house basically did it to them. Well, that I feel if I that it. presence is Satan, he should have just killed the mom and took the kid. There. Well, but I think the idea being is that the kid, the kid had the choice and he was deciding to stay with his mom. Because at that point, he could have killed her and left. He could have chosen to go. And I think that was... That was the story, the, the idea behind the story was that he was choosing not to at the end because of his mother. Is how I read it. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, she told him that story again, so I think it was kind of con- convincing to him or something. That's, yeah. But yeah, it was the, that was the only part you really saw him fighting. Yeah, it is the only part where you see him fighting. I think the idea being is that he's been... It's been tempted. slowly building and tempted for a long time. And like, like it's the devil, right? He's got all the shiny candy or whatever. Shiny candy. Yeah. Shiny candy. You, know, <laughs> you want that shiny candy. Um, shiny. So, anyone, yeah. Go ahead. Did anyone have an, uh, a reason why they kept showing us the title of the segments twice or three <laughs> times in some cases? I was a little confused by that. Like they would, <laughs> like they would come off of the stop motion. By the way, the stop motion animation interstitials was awesome. I loved all of that. Like I could just watch a half hour of just whatever. Yeah. Like that was just it was it was gorgeous. And I was unsettling just waiting for a dollhouse story. <laughs> yeah, something. I think you know that's that again. Like that could have been an interesting way to work that in and have that be some sort of uh, uh, wraparound is to have the last story dealing with a dollhouse or something. But, yeah, I just loved all that stop-motion stuff. That was all done by um, uh, Sophia Carrillo. And uh, she did the titles and the the stop-motion parts of things, and that was gorgeous. I loved all of that. Um, But, But yeah, yeah. It would go into it. It would say the name, and then it would start the story a little bit, 
and then it would <laughs> say the name again and we were like wait what was the name of the story yeah i don't i don't know why they did that i really don't but it didn't do it every single time which tells me something wasn't right there but in like three of the four stories it, it was really weird and it did that, and it did it in, like, a different font and different color, too. Because it would use the red yep. font going into it, and then it would start, and then they would show it again like, white font. Uh, uh, white lettering in a different font. I, I, I didn't understand that. That did confuse me. Um, but, hey, you know, it's low budget. It's cheap. Uh, and I guess, you know, those things happen. I personally think that this was worth watching. I'm glad that we watched this mm-hmm. uh, because, again... Getting like getting women directors and writers uh, more notoriety and more uh, more just press and like more eyeballs on stuff done that way, I think is a great thing. And I do think that there is some uh, really good filmmaking talent on display here that just didn't quite execute either because it was early in a career or maybe they didn't have enough budget or enough time to really tell the story that they wanted because it was sort of that like don't fall again felt like the the prologue to a to a, a bigger horror movie which honestly i wouldn't mind seeing i think that could be really interesting um the box felt like a cool little short like that was the one that felt the most and i think maybe because it was adapted from a short story that's the one that felt the most complete to me. Um, so do you have, uh, it sounds like Monica and dread, you just didn't like any of them. So it's probably pointless to ask you to rank them from your favorite to your least favorite. Cause it's just going to be a baseline of like fourth place for all of them. Yeah. Maybe dread is dread. Is there any of the four that you would watch again? Well, knowing now what I know, not really. I would say the third one, I guess, because that's like, eh, fine. But, you know, I would like to have the rest of the movie then as well, as you said. Like, Yeah, okay. Monica, how about you? Is there is there any of them that you would watch again or that you enjoyed enough to say, yeah, that was a decent little short? Um, huh. This is a hard or, one. or do you think on a second watching that it would it would hit you differently to watch any of these again? Um, I don't think I ever want to watch the birthday party again. I'll say that. Like, I definitely That's... don't want to. If they could, like, you know, if I didn't, if I just fast forwarded through it, I could probably make it through this movie again. <laughs> um, would it be different on a second viewing? Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't know. I love the the whole concept of of having women directors. You know, I'm a feminist and all that, and I I think it's really important to to showcase that kind of talent and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they could have done differently. That I don't know. I just i I looked at the you know like the critic score or whatever the Rotten Tomatoes and it's like sixty nine percent from the from the you know reviewing people whatever you call those i just said critics didn't i shut up and then it's like 20 percent from the fans and so it's like very weird you know because there's definitely talent there it's definitely worth a watch 
just because, you know, we didn't, half of us didn't like parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely meant to watch, though. Say, how about you? Did you have a favorite uh, of the four? Uh, would you rank them in any way? Uh, four, one, three, two. That sounds about right. I can see that. I would I would probably sw- swap one and four, uh, just because again I just liked I liked the uh, the story being told in in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I I just look as the last one as a an epilogue for Rosemary's Baby. Oh sure, no, absolutely, and yeah. When I when I kind of like once I figured out okay, the so the boy is you know that then I'm like oh this is this is a continuation of Rosemary's Baby that's a cool idea like to to do that cuz that movie that movie is is something and to mm-hmm. to go you know 18 years later and sort of see the fallout of it I think is a cool idea um so that's another one I wouldn't mind seeing more of because that could get really weird really quick uh, now I got to uh, watch Rosemary's Baby we'll we'll put it on the list um, but I'm, I'm with you, Monica, in that I, I, there's, there's talent here, obviously. I mean, Ro- Roxanne went on to do, you know, Sabrina, Creep Show, um, Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Sophia um, Carrillo hasn't done much since this, um, but I just want to watch anything else she wants to stop motion animate because that stuff was awesome. Um, Karen Kusama, who did... Uh, she directed which segment was hers hers was don't know uh karen kusama was her only living son she has directed uh girl fight back in 2000 um with uh michelle rodriguez she directed aeon flux the movie the live action aeon flux was hers um jennifer's body she directed Which, uh, nice which is an underrated one. Um, and she's done a bunch of TV stuff, too. Uh, halt and Catch Fire, Billions, uh, The Man in the High Castle. She did a couple episodes of that. Um, so she was kind of like the veteran of the group. Can and... I say Jennifer's Body is one of my like personal favorites? Just <laughs> That was a movie I feel like was horribly mismarketed. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That was Very definitely nice. earlier in, I'm not saying things are much better now, but like, I feel like it suffered for, you know, having the, the leading ladies that it did, which were fantastic and wonderful. And I loved, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, people looked at them a certain way and it was just such a, I wish I had seen it earlier in my life. I didn't see it until probably like, you know, the 20 tens or 20 something like that just wanted to point that out that i love that movie yeah <laughs> we no, that's, doing that core. that's a strong title and that's where karen kusama just she she's the veteran of the group she's had the most like saint vincent um you know i it was it was a segment it was my least favorite the birthday party just it just didn't land because it felt out of place it didn't feel like a horror story even a horror black comedy, it just didn't quite have that. It, Weekend at Bernie's is a pretty close approximation of what's going on there. Much more than any horror thing. The other three at least were, were horror of some kind, whether it's psychological horror or supernatural horror or a monster feature. Um, so there's that. And then Jovanka Vukovic um, had done 
a couple of shorts. This uh, Riot Girls was one she did in 2019, um, and some TV stuff. Uh, she was the one that directed, um, wrote, adapted the story, and then directed the box. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a longer version of that too, because I think again, there's some interesting stuff in play there. Although I don't know how much longer I would go. I do think it works better as the short, but you could play a lot more with her, with her spiraling out of control and her dreams because that dream sequence was unsettling. Um, and effective. (laughs) So you, you give your body to you children. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, there, you know, you could really stretch that out and have a lot more uh, in terms of like the marriage and their their butting heads. Because like they have one argument, and the argument consists of how can you eat while our, while our children are starving, and that was it. Like, again, you could go more into that. So, for me, I enjoyed. Like, I didn't hate any of these. I they it's not my favorite anthology. I will say that. Like, could I watch them again? Three of the four, yes. Um, and and I'd be fine with that. Uh, it's not going to rank high in terms of anthologies because I do think stuff like Creepshow, Tales from the Dark Side, um, yeah. uh, you know, body bags. Uh, Trick or Treat, Body oh Bags, God. all of those. Also, all of those like, feel better to me. Most of, aside from the, the lady that you said, Jennifer's body, like they were all pretty new and, and fresh and stuff. And like... Mm-hmm. A lot of the anthologies that we love are like these veteran horror people yeah. who have done like a bunch of stuff. And so like, you know, of course, you know, it's we're going to like that. It's going to be more fleshed out and, and whatnot. So sure, I give it that that extra little. Well, they should just make an XX too. And honestly, show us what they've learned. I honestly want to see more projects like this, though. Like, give me more stuff that is sort of an incubator for these younger filmmakers. And if you want to make it continuously just women film- filmmakers, I'm all yeah. for that. And do do a little bit of, like, maybe the next, do another one, but bring back a couple of them that did this first one and get a couple new people in there. Yeah. And sort of see how it goes. Um, maybe just go for three stories. And let them be about a half hour each instead of four. I feel like three is good pacing too. Three to four is about the most. My only problem with like the first creep show is I think it was five segments, and that got by the end of it, you're like you almost forget what the first one was. Was there five? Um, I want to say maybe that was the second creep show that had five. One of them had like four or five. I think the second um, one was only three, but there was the outside. Is it four? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't, but I like a, three. Three strong or because this was three strong stories in that fourth one, that 20 minute time frame is just enough to be able to tell the story. But I feel like you go closer to 25 minutes and add in your wraparounds and you can just get a little bit more in there. Um, so, you know, that's that's me, though. But I, I I think this is a cool concept and a cool uh, idea that I just I want to see more of these kinds of things. And I also think we need more women directing and writing horror, period. Yeah. Uh, because. Oh, you know, that... like, that's another thing. Like, the we got the creep show. Back in the day, we used to have the, you know, we had Tales from the Crypt, and there was the other show that was something else like that. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, we need more horror anthology shows because that's another place where you, you know, you can show your chops in one little episode. Yeah. And that's your own episode to do with, you know, whatever. So that would be another place like a stepping stone for, you know. And and I know Creepshow is back and doing the thing on whatever AMC Shutter type uh, type stuff, which is great. But there's not a lot, I guess... I don't know if that I would lump like American Horror Story into that, even though it's an anthology series. It's like a season mm-hmm. as a as Didn't a story. They do that new spinoff thingy wasn't that Did more they... American Horror Stories? <laughs> yeah, There's which that. are each episode is its own thing. Yeah, okay, oh. each episode. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, uh, there's also I, the Cabinet of Curiosities coming soon, which is a bit oh, like this. I'm looking forward to that. Isn't that all Guillermo or is that he's presenting it? I think it's a I think it's kind of a he's gonna be producing and maybe directing one of the segments, but I'm gonna guess the Lovecraft be... one. He really yeah. wants to make one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. him yeah, make he them. really wants to make Lovecraft. <laughs> <sighs> so guy for for me, thank you for you know putting yourself through this and watching it. Um <laughs> Okay, here's a question, okay? Monica and Dread especially, you didn't like this a whole lot, but did you like it better than the host? We were uh, that's sort of my body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the host actually went up a nudge. He had. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Honestly, that, uh, that does kind of make me happy because I like the host so much. I mean, they're still far below sky sharks. No, uh... mm, well, there's no accounting for taste. But thank you for for watching it uh, and checking it out because it is fun to do these horror anthologies um, and anthologies in general. But horror, like I said, horror and sci-fi seem to just lend themselves to short stories so well, and mm-hmm. you just see anthologies with horror stories get made into. Uh, Either either films or series, um, so it, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's always fun to talk and get the different perspectives because I looked at things very differently from the way that uh, that you did, Dredd or, or Monica. Um, did you watch it together, the two of you? Yes. Or did you watch them? You did. Okay. So that that I think can play into it too. I, I do wonder had you watched it separately if it would have hit any different or not because I watched it by myself. Worse. No, at least Definitely I could make been fun of things while Monica was there. He was, was losing. He was losing blood from his uh, <laughs> eyes, or something. Me, I, I was. I think while watching it, I was way more disappointed than I probably talked about on the show. Because once I think over stuff, my opinion, you know, my first reactionary is not always what ends up being sometimes it just takes me time to process it yeah you know even talking about it with you i'm like you know what that first story yeah maybe maybe i give it a little bit more you know and the last story maybe i give it even even i don't know that's the other part of talking to people because you you all watch something you all have your opinions and even yours you know you guys Mm -hmm. liking it affected how I felt about it. Well, that's one of the things I like about doing this show is getting an initial reaction, but also the chance to kind of reflect on a thing. Like when you watch it and don't like it, well, now let's talk about it and let's figure out, 
you know, tell me what it is you didn't like about it. And I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you that it that you should like it, but I'm going to give you the reasons why I thought of it this way and listen to yours because like both of you brought up good points that are very very true of like well there's stuff they could have done better and you're you're mm-hmm. absolutely right there are definitely parts of that that could have been done a lot better and the ending executions were the weakest of any of all of it like even the two uh really good stories the endings were just sort of like meh mm-hmm. and yeah. some of that again budgetary some of it is like notes. writing an ending is hard i wrote meh in one of my notes <laughs> i also wrote Perfect. down like a list of uh women directed horror that i really like <laughs> a tiny little list yeah what's some of that let us know so we covered saint maud on our show which i really mm-hmm. like but yep. uh they didn't like that one but that's that's fine you know <laughs> uh <laughs> you know it was like, it's like this yeah exactly so um the babadook a girl okay. walks home alone at night revenge prevenge and all the fear street movies by the way Fear Street was good. Revenge and Prevenge are very interesting. Uh, they're on Shutter. Wow. Yeah. That's some crazy stuff right there. Those two hmm. movies. But yeah. All right. It, yeah. Um, I did capture a couple of clips. This was not a clippable thing. There wasn't a lot of... Because there's not... There, like, the birthday party was the most humorous of it. But there wasn't like... There wasn't even unintentional humor in a lot of them, right? There, nothing was campy, nothing was cheesy except for that one, um, which ironically is the only one I didn't get an audio clip from. <laughs> so figure mm-hmm. that out. Uh, but I had to get from the box, I had to get this because just the kid's reaction uh, to it. I mean, if you don't eat, eventually you'll die. It's that simple. So? And I was like, oh, cool. okay. And yeah, the kid's so like, that, his, his eyes are all darkened and sunken. And like, that was chilling to have him react that way to the doctor. I was like, okay, so I got that. Um, from Don't Fall, uh, I had to get a couple of these because the while that character was just a jackass, um, he was also kind of funny, uh, where he's talking about the, the campsite they have. And she's like, how did you even find this? I commune with nature, and it shows me the way. It shows him the way. Uh-huh. It just uh-huh. shows me the way. Um, it's the way he says the way. Yeah, it is the Cause, way. Because he was he was baked by that point. Uh, when they're standing on top of the rock, and uh, he's like, "You just should let me uh, plan every year." So apparently, and there again is a thing. This is, I guess, is a yearly thing that they do, um, but. This is why you guys should let me do the planning every year. <laughs> oh, we end up in a strip club in Vegas. Some booze cruise in Louisiana. Yes, how good was that, though? Seriously. Like, he, he just... Come on, that was awesome. Well, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, and then his last line, or one of his last lines. Oh, man. I got way too stoned, you guys. I got way too stoned. That was a huge joint he was smoking and he smoked it very quickly um and then from his only living son uh or her only living son rather uh was just because it was the way like the mom of the other student 
as they're sitting in the principal's office and she's just losing like her grip on reality because the way these people are reacting to her daughter's fingernails getting ripped off by another student. Your son tore my daughter's fingernails off. How do you react to that? And and she's so calm when it happens to like, well, sorry. <laughs> tore them clear off. So now I have that. I can put it on the soundboard. It, it didn't occur to me that she had any idea about it. Like, I thought she was surprised about it, too. Until the end when she starts telling the story. Well, I thought she was finding out with us yeah. that her son was this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so that's the twist. I'll give you, you got me there. Yeah. That's why she had those nightmares. Reliving mm-hmm. the past. Yep. Tore them clear off. So. <laughs> Tore them clear off. I like that that's, you just finished it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was XX, a uh, horror anthology from 2017. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it a, I enjoyed it, but it definitely isn't one of the best horror anthologies mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, it, when it, when it was good though, it was very creepy and very effective. It's just that some of it didn't, uh, get executed that well. And the birthday party thing, that whole segment just kind of, I'm glad they did it second and not third. That would have been, because if you could imagine having, uh, the creepy kids in the box and then the monsters, and then all of a sudden you get this birthday party one that feels completely out of place. You like the fourth segment has no chance at that point. So at least they structured it as best they could, but I would have cut that one completely out. Um, or used it as the wrapper. Yeah. Or yeah. Monica's idea of making that be the wraparound. That's brilliant. You win. You win this one. See, if, if there had been more women directors and writers and horror and stuff like that, like I would have taken my writing more seriously instead of hiding it away until I did a, podcast yeah um so next week we're going the route of horror comedy slash horror comedy musical this year with repo the genetic opera (sighs) well one of one of the three of you is excited about that i love repo i have never seen it before so this will be it my first time seeing it. Film sacked, right? I, think uh, I, I believe so. And it's got uh, Barry Pepper. No, Alex Winter. Is he in it? I don't. I, I'm not sure. It's got Anthony Stewart head. It's oh, got the oh, oh, Nigel. Yes. Bill and Ted's. So okay. cool. Well, right. I'm I'm excited to watch it because I have never seen it, and I hear that it's a lot of fun. And I know Faye, you like it, and you've talked about it before. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's what we're covering next week as we continue the gore uh, takeover uh, month of October. Speaking of gore, Monica, where can people find gore? What? It, okay, first, let people who don't know somehow, what is gore and where can they find it? Gore is a horror podcast hosted by uh, all four of us that have been on this episode of Wait, You Haven't Seen. And you can find that at I forgot to write it down again. Uh, anchor. <laughs> Anchor.fm slash gore podcasts, I believe, right? Somebody gore podcast? Question mark? We'll yes. fix it in both. It's fine. 
I'm pretty sure that's it. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Gore Podcast, and we'll there's links all over that. Excellent. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We uh, we have a new episode coming out next week, right? Yes, and since somebody guessed it, we can say what it is. But Go we ahead. covered the stuff. Mm-hmm. The yeah. stuff. <laughs> the stuff. Boy, that was uh, that was something else. <laughs> it was fun though. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing that show. So that's that's the next episode of Gore, a podcast to keep you up at night. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, all three of you, for being here this week. This was fun. Um, it it I do typically want people to like the movies that I make them watch for the first time, but obviously it's not always going to happen. I'm glad that you did watch it. I had a good conversation about it, and that's the that's really the important part is we were able to have a good conversation over all of it. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to check out Wait You Haven't Seen and listen to it recorded live, you can do that Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Travis. Um, the show comes out on Wednesdays wherever you get your podcasts or at tvstravis.com. You can also, through tvstravis.com, go to the support page. Uh, this show now has a Patreon, and for as little as $1 an episode, you can help uh, support the show and get some... Uh, Get some extra behind-the-scenes stuff or uh, or extra movie reviews that I will be doing that are Patreon-exclusive. Um, so definitely check that out. That's also patreon.com slash W-Y-H-S. So until next week and Repo, the genetic opera, uh, for Monica, for Dread, and for Faye, I'm Travis saying, remember, enjoy your movies. And... Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's been what you haven't seen. Spray painting dicks on those ancient murals? Hieroglyphs. Petroglyphs. Hieroglyphs are Egyptian. Oh my god, I hate you so much sometimes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>